trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort. Yes, hello, welcome, welcome to once again the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. Um, I'm Groove Vaporate, as you already know, although I'll get into all of that shortly, but as for now, why don't we discuss what's going to be happening on today's episode? Love them or hate them, you can't deny that in recent years, Nintendo have had some quirky ideas. Now, although quirky can mean fun, it doesn't always mean successful, despite some Nintendo's consoles finding incredible success in recent years. The Wii U definitely falls into the category of quirky, but unsuccessful, and maybe a bit undercooked depending on the person. We're here to look at the console today, but however, we're mainly here to look at what our beloved Sega has to offer on the console. So today on the Topical Resort, we'll be doing just that, as we take a look at Sega's Wii U games, and uh, we're going we're gonna to start this off a bit Voice of Sega style, really, because uh, if you ever listen to that show, at least one track from this game was always played in an episode. So kicking this off from Tokyo Mirage Sessions, hashtag FE, this is Black Rain, right here on the Topical Resort. That, uh, that, that didn't work. There it did. There we go. Enjoy.
And with that, officially, welcome to the resort. The doors are now open. Yes, I'm your host, Green Viper, and for the next two hours, I'll be bringing you some of the absolute best music the Wii U had to offer in terms of, obviously, Sega games. 
Um, so, what we just heard there was from Sonic Lost World, that was the main theme of the game, that is Wonderworld, and I absolutely adore that track. Um, definitely one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated, main theme of a Sonic game, because no one ever talks about that one. They always talk about, you know, the vocal themes, or themes to earlier games, and all that sort of stuff, but they never really talk about Wonderworld, and I really like it. In general, that soundtrack is a really great soundtrack. What? One of, actually no, probably my favourite modern Sonic soundtrack really, I really love Lost World. I love Lost World and I love its soundtrack, it's perfect for me. And for that from Tokyo Mirage Sessions, hashtag FE, we had Black Rain, a lovely track as well, I had to kick it off with a vocal track right there. So yes, with that welcome to the Topical Resort, uh, for those of you who keep up to date with the show by going on Twitter or looking on the show blogs, you will know that this week saw the return of the Topical Pre-Zort. And for those of you who don't really know what that is, basically it's a pre-show that I do for the Topical Resort where I play some of the games that we'll be talking about on the upcoming episode over on my Twitch channel, which is The Green Viper 8. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. We played quite a vast majority of the games Sega had to offer on the platform. We didn't play any of the virtual console stuff or stuff like actually Tokyo Mirage Sessions because it was quite... Bl- they were all quite bit. Or in the case of Tokyo Mirror Sessions, it was incredibly big as a game, and then in the case of Virtual Console, it was actually impossible to find them since they were only in Japanese. Yes, it was nice to bring that back, and um, the past broadcast is now over on Twitch. If you want to watch it, I'm sure I should probably host it somewhere else at some point because it'd be nice to actually have it archived, and I know it's safe then. Yeah, had a lot of fun there. Also, um, I want to give a huge thank you to. Um, People who may not perhaps be listening in right now, because, I say not listening in right now, but I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who listens in on the podcast, or, you know, listens through any other means that isn't live, iTunes, Stitcher, the RSS feed, any of those different places, because I got a nice email today, just before the show began, and, um, this was from, well, I'm not going to read out their, uh, what, what do I read out, do I read, I'm going to read out the beginning of their email, so, this, this email comes from LPS999, I thought it would be best to not include their real name and as well not include their email address. So I said, hey Viper, I've been meaning for a long time to drop you a quick email to let you know that I really look forward to and enjoy Topical Resort every week. I live and work in Los Angeles so I can never listen live or join the chat, etc. They download via iTunes and often listen by a car as I drive around LA. Good times, good times. I love the music, I love the music you choose and that, that and the listeners request. And off Topical and Topical discussion as well is great. Hope the show goes on for a long time, as long as you enjoy doing it. And then uh, it goes on to an iTunes question, and this is something I'm well aware of, so I'll answer it for those of you who are currently listening in live as well. So for those of you who don't know, there was a slight issue with iTunes this past week. Basically what happened was, um, somehow, a lot of the stuff on the RSS feed, which is, if you know podcasts, or you have any experience with podcasts, that's basically what iTunes and everything else reads from. Um, it's not too in detail. <laughs> but yeah, basically, it got... Yeah, thank you, Jamie, it wasn't spam. But yes, uh, a lot of the episodes from there somehow got deleted, so I need to sort of manually re-add them back on, which I'll probably end up doing tonight, if you're listening live. If not, it'll, if not, it'll probably already be done. But yes, so uh, they go on to mention about that, so hopefully I'll be getting that fixing. But any, they also go on to say, thank you so much for the great show, and P.S. I'm a multi-platform fan with no particular bias for one console or another, but I have a soft spot for Sega ever since the early days of the Genesis slash Mega Drive. Now I know my town really knew anything about the Game Gear, ha. Sega's joy of the of the game, oh, Sega's joy of the game, vivid music slash colour slash fun, it's just unique in the gaming world. I'm so glad to be a member, albeit a fairly passive slash lurker one, in the Radio Sega community. 
So I want to give you a massive thank you right there for um, sending me an email. That was really much appreciated because it came in only about half an hour before the show started. And really put a big grin on my face, but it also alerted me that I should probably fix my podcast. Um, yeah, the Wii U. That's that's the thing that I should probably talk about. And also, I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who is currently listening in live. We currently have Rapid Run, Jamie, Doanne. Um, we had earlier on, we also had Sarah Rose 96, Lost Impact, Veritex. And that was Rapid Run again. Yes, so many great people currently in the chat room, all excited to hear some of the great music that's available on Sega's Wii U, or Sega's Wii U? Sega's Wii U games, should I say. So I I think I'm going to disgrace you, because I'm going to go into a music break, and then after that we'll be back with some hasty history going through the history of the console. I'm going to disgrace you right now with a music break, because... If, if you were watching last night, you would know that one of the more infamous games, not only released for the Wii U, or not even not only released by Sega, but also for the Wii U in general, and also in Sega in general, is Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric. This game is notorious for being dreadful and very low quality, glitchier, arguably, or more glitchy, arguably, than Sonic 06. Uh, obviously, that's an interpretation that I'll leave you to decide if you played both games. Personally, I th- actually think Sonic 06 is better. I find Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric to just be a drag, personally. I've actually run into a few people who like it, surprisingly, but, you know, if you like it, more power to you. I just don't personally really like it, and from what I've read, not many other people do either. And despite how well composed the music is, it's honestly quite dull in places, but I think that's more to do with the game rather than the actual music itself because it's all designed around the game and the game itself I actually consider the de- the settings to also be quite dull. But the music, however, is composed by the lovely, the awesome Richard Jakes, Jocks, however you want to say it, who's obviously known in the Sega community. He's done stuff in the Sonic series such as Sonic 3D Blast for the Saturn and Sonic R, although he's done plenty of other stuff for the uh, Sonic and Sega games, of course. But going to kick this off with a track from Sonic Boom Rise of the Lyrics. So this is... The Metal Sonic Boss Riot, right here on the Topical Resort. Thank you. 
Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. Hasty History. And with that, we are back. Welcome back to the Top of Resort, playing you the music of Sega's Wii U lineup. What you just heard there was from Marion Sonic at the Sochi 2014 Olympic Winter Games. Every Olympic, win- every Olympic Games title becomes more of a mouthful with every game in the series. I swear that was the second main menu theme, which is a bit more, a bit more bassy, a bit more, it's got a bit more substance to it than the first main menu theme, which is why I had to play it for you there. It's rather fitting considering what's going on today because the Winter Olympics officially just kicked off as of, I believe, this morning. I haven't actually watched any yet. I really should. In fact, I'll probably watch some while I'm doing the podcast because that, that'll that be nice. Providing there's some on, I actually I feel like there probably won't be any on at this time of night since it is in Korea. 
And before that was a track from Sonic Boom Rise Lyric, as we said, that was the Metal Sonic boss fight theme. And now we are back with the Hasty History. And for those who don't know what Hasty History is, it's where I go through the history of something related to the topic of the episode as quickly as possible. And obviously there was only one thing we could go for today, and that was the Wii U console itself. So let's begin. The console was first released on November 18th, 2012 in the US and Canada, and other countries receiving their releases later in the month. It was the first Nintendo console to support HD graphics, despite HD being a thing when the Wii was around. The most notable feature was the controller, which was a tablet combining a touchscreen and traditional buttons. The console actually featured full, fa- full backwards compatibility with the Nintendo Wii, including games, controllers, and the ability to transfer over saves and digital games from the original console using a program built into the virtual Wii. One program, oh, one feature that received good press was the improvement of online services on the Wii U, as the store was more streamlined and game servers are now hosted by Nintendo rather than GameSpy, meaning generally they ran better. The console failed to catch on due to the confusing name and also lack of third party support, and the Wii U in its lifetime actually sold 13 million units, with the Switch now sadly having outsold it in its first year, and the console was officially discontinued on January 31st, 2017. There you go, you have all, all those facts right there. If you've got any like fun little trivia that uh, you know of about the Wii U that I didn't mention there, go right ahead. Um, as for as for requests, because you did just hear that requests are up next, yes, you can send in your request anywhere you like. You can send it in through Discord, RadioSC.GF4-Discord. You can send it in through Twitter, at RadioSega, at Talker Resort, at Green Viperate. You can send it in through Facebook, facebookcom Sega. You can send it in through... Where else can you send it through? A email topicresort at gmail.com or you can send it in a private message on the Radio Sega forums. I'm Green Vaporate over there. Speaking of those Radio Sega forums, um, once again, the Topical Resort suggestion thread is now once again open. I say once again, once again. Yes, that is now officially open for the like 19th time. It, it was never closed, but it's just been revived again recently because people have had interest in it. I will tell you a word of warning if you are going to suggest a topic though, it will not be covered in this season as I have the rest of the season completely filled in, I know everything, every other episode that's left during this season, however, they'll pretty much be thrown straight into the start of season 2, meaning that, you know, if if your request wasn't one of the ones that made it into season 1, obviously it'll be in season 2, as I said, but that means since it's in season 2, It'll also be part, or it'll also be included with new segments. I'm not going to say too much about that, but there may be one or two new things here and there in season two. But for the most part, should stay the same top resort you know and love, or in this case, something you hate. But yeah, for the most part, it's not going to be too radically different. Like, I'm not going to randomly change everything. Some things are going to stay the same. Some things are going to change. You know, we want it to feel fresh in season two. Yeah, anyway, as those requests, get them sent in right now if you've got something from the lineup that you want to hear. Uh, as for, I guess, anything else though, currently got Jamie in the chat room who is saying, um, I wonder if there'll be a Mario and Sonic game for 2020. It's in Japan, if I remember correctly. Well, as far as I know, Sega do actually have the license for the 2020 Olympics. They lost the 2018 Winter Olympics to Ubisoft, actually, who made an absolutely dreadful in my opinion. Absolutely dreadful in my opinion game based on the Winter Olympics. Reminder that they outbid Sega to make this game, who who could have made an absolutely fantastic Winter Olympics game because 
as I said before, I don't really like the Summer Olympics games, but the Winter Olympics games are really good. They always manage to just be much better than the um, Summer ones, because what I find with the Summer ones is a lot of them are just like, shake the Wii Remote as fast as you can. I've explained this before, whereas the, su uh, the Winter ones... You actually, you know, have to do unique stuff with them, and you actually take use of the like remotes or gamepad in this case now, or switch or whatever, a lot better than just rapidly shaking a Wii remote, in my opinion. So, which is why, personally, I would have liked to see them make a Winter Olympics game, but you know, I'm not losing sleep over it. If it could have been anywhere near on the level with um, the DS version of Mario and Sonic 2010, then that would have been a miracle. But if it was anything below that. It still would have probably been absolutely amazing anyway. But yes, um... <laughs> Jamie says, so Ubisoft had two, two licenses in the past decade. Tetris and the Olympics, and they didn't do a good job. Yeah, Ubisoft don't really seem to be good at anything. Except apparently now making turn-based RPGs XCOM style, which I don't get that, but... Yeah. Yeah, anyway, it would have been nice, but what can you do? And besides, we still got two great Winter Olympics games that released, you know, in previous years, so we won't be too lost. And plus, the next time the one comes out in probably 2019, it'll come out. When that one comes out, we got the advantage of at least knowing that it'll be on the Switch, so we get to see what new new features will be included in that version. It's exciting times to be a video game fan, considering all the evolution that is currently happening. Dewan says Tetris in the Olympics does indeed sound like a bad game idea, although Tetris would be okay as an Olympic sport, I guess. Uh, yeah, but one last re one last request push, I guess. I think. Let me check. Um, I don't think. I'm I'm trying to check if I missed anything. I didn't actually miss Jamie's request this week, but I will check if anyone else sent one in. I don't think they did. Um, no. Okay. So, with that in mind, I'm going to get into the request resort block. However, if you'd still like to get a track in, you know, just send me a DM on any of those places and I'll be sure to get it into the lineup. But as for now, let's play some music. So, for once, Electric Boogaloo wasn't actually the first person to get in his request. Instead, the first person of the week was actually Jamie. Even though I usually miss out Jamie's requests, uh, I have actually looked this week and he definitely did and pr in previously as well Electric Boogaloo had beaten him even though I'd forgotten about his request but yes Jamie won this one fair and square so kicking us off is a track from Marion Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games this is this is a bit sacrilegious I, I, I sense some booze in the chat booze ha 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 that's, that's funny if you know what this is a reference to so from that game this is Rosa Rosalina in the Observatory from Super Mario Galaxy you're listening to the topical result right here on Radio Sega we're playing you the music of Sega's Wii U Sega's Wii U lineup enjoy the music request results
such a nice song. Please don't let it end. It's so good. Please. No. No, it's it's fading out. No. Oh. Welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard that was from Sonic Lost World. That was Sea Bottom Segway, as requested by myself. It's the theme of the game's rail grinding stages, and although the second one's quite frustrating, the first one is really fun, and that music only makes it better. Everyone always says that's their absolutely fa- their absolute favourite Lost World track, and I have to agree. Such a nice track right there. Everyone in the chat room seemed to be really enjoying it. We got some comments such as, um... I've got to scroll up, because there's a wall of sort of complaining about Sega Forever. There was Rapid Run who goes, ah, see bottom segue, and then Doom Girl goes, same, and then Rapid Run says, I adore this track. There's always, there's always a lot of positive feedback whenever someone plays that track on Radio Sega, because it's just so nice. It's really relaxing to, like, fall asleep to as well. I love it. For that, from Sonic Advance 2, that was Hot Crater Act 1. That was also requested by me. For those of you who don't know, uh, Sonic Advance 2 was released for the Virtual Console on... or the GBA Virtual Console service on the Wii U. However, no Sega, no Sega Virtual Console games actually made it to the Wii U anywhere outside of Japan, so you could only pick up Sonic Advance 1, 2, and 3, as well as some of the Shining games on Wii U in Japan. I, I, I looked around for ages to install them, onto my, so I could install them and show them off last night on my Wii U, but that didn't happen because I couldn't find the right files for it. I downloaded it, but I wasn't able to install it, sadly. Um, so there was also talk during that about Sega Forever, it sort of branched off into Sega Forever, and Rapid Run says, Let me ask you something. Why, why do you think Sega's mobile division keeps releasing ports and original games on phones and tablets? Huh, that's a good question. I guess, well, mobile is currently a very popular platform, but I say that, but now the Switch is quite popular, so that also will probably end up getting a lot of the same audience. There's like a, it's like a portable, um, I guess, the portability and also it has the bigger sort of reach, bigger than any console, because everyone has a phone and you can appeal to the market that likes phone games and not necessarily console games by releasing new and also emulated titles on, like, Sega Forever, for example. Yes, and before that was Shining Force Resurrection. Uh, Shining Force Resurrection of the Dark Dragon. That was Goddess of Light, as requested by Electric Boogaloo. Before that, from Sonic Advance 2, that was Leaf Forest Act 1. And kicking off the block... Oh, Leaf Forest Act 1, as also requested by Electric Boogaloo. And kicking off the block from Marion Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. That was Rosalina in the Observatory from Super Mario Galaxy. Obviously it's sacrilegious because it's a Mario track, or a Nintendo track on a Sega show. But oh, it's so nice, and it's, in my opinion, the best remix on of that actual track, because I really like the Mario Galaxy soundtrack, in case you haven't realised that yet. Yes, this is now the part of the show where I talk about all the games that that are available to request, but also mainly the games which Sega released on the Wii U, and I give a like brief description of them, whether I think they're good, bad, have good music, bad music, whether I'd recommend them, and all that sort of stuff. So, first game on the list is Bayonetta, and yes, 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 100% yes, I'd absolutely recommend this to you. Um, <laughs> obviously, um, fanboyism aside, Bayonetta is absolutely awesome. It's such a good game. Um, it's a it's sort of like... I don't know how you describe it, so that's why we're going to look it up on Google. So what's like the genre does this say? Action game hack and slash. Well, yeah, there are some hack and slash elements to it. But yes, uh, Bayonetta 1, I, it was quite like 
it's not difficult to get your hands on, but obviously you had to have a PS3 or 360, but now it's going to be on absolutely everything. It's going to be on 360, Wii U, 3DS, no, let's try that again. 360, Wii U, PS3, I meant to say one of the ones with 3 in it, but I said 3DS, um, Switch, and on PC. It's on quite a lot of stuff compared to what it used to be now, so highly recommend 100% pick up Bayonetta on whatever platform you have. Bayonetta 2. This one's a bit more difficult to get your hands on because it's only on Wii U and Switch due to Nintendo's involvement in the game. But this one, I actually haven't played Bayonetta 2 because I'm, I have it on Wii U but I'm saving it for when the Switch version comes out which is one week today, one week today. I'm so excited in case you can tell. Um, it's a very good game, in fact I hear it actually improves a lot on the original so maybe get that one if you have a Wii U or Switch. It's a very fun time I'd say. Choo Choo Rocket, this was one of the virtual console titles released in Japan. Um, this is the GBA version, and if you know me, you know what I have to say about the GBA version of Choo Choo Rocket. Uh, as bad as it sounds, it, I think it's actually better than the Dreamcast version. There's one reason for that in particular. Although the Dreamcast version obviously has nice presentation and better music, quite frankly, the GBA version, not only is it handheld, but it also has the advantage if it has somewhere around like 1,000 user-created levels built onto the cartridge. So only if you got the absolutely ton not only if you got tons of content from the actual game, but now you've got like thousands of fan-created stages all in your pocket on your GBA, which is why I always recommend that version to people because it's absolutely awesome. So much value for money, especially considering how cheap it is as well. Definitely check out Choo Choo Rocket on the GBA, and if for some reason you have a Japanese Wii U, check out Choo Choo Rocket on the GBA Virtual Console. Citizens of Earth. Technically, this isn't a Sega title. It is, however, an Atlas title, and as we all know now, Atlas are now a Sega. Well, Atlas is now owned by Sega, meaning they sort of like scooped up all their rights and stuff. Meaning, Citizens of Earth is now technically a Sega game. I don't know too much about this, so let's have a look. Okay, so Citizens of Earth is a role-playing video game developed by Eden Industries and published by Atlas. Um, let's see what people have to say about it. The reviews are quite... Oh, I say reviews are quite positive, then you go to IGN. Uh, what did IGN have to say? I don't know why I've clicked on them, but uh, I did. The verdicts are quite a get oh quite that's the keyboard quirky game with its heart in the right place and its head in the clouds. It charmed me a lot with a blend of old school RPG and com contemporary satire, but nearly lost my vote. The sluggish pacing, irritably irritably high encounter rate, and crashes. As it is, it's pretty okay, but I have a tough time winning runoff against world class RPG. Okay, so the extent of that is it's an okay game, but it just has some issues. So. Pretty much, like okay, right. Sorry, I'm getting bombarded with messages right now. Um, Jamie says, "When you when you said Sega released, you mean what Nintendo have also released of Bayonetta? Well, no, because the rights the Bayonetta two are shared between Nintendo and Sega. That's one thing that Nintendo fanboys who want um who want Bayonetta to be theirs won't tell you is the fact that Sega actually owned the rights to Bayonetta two and three. That was confirmed by Kamai himself." And Jamie says, same, shame we can't have Atlas's backlogs of games before Sega on here. Yeah, it's a shame, because there are some nice songs on there, but it's all the rules. Um, Marin Sonic at the Sochi 2014 Olympic Winter Games. A pretty good Olymp Olympic winter outing, but not the best. 
I'd still say that, once again, you're, you're going to get sick of me going on, that's the best game in the Winter Olympics, sort of like sub-series would go to the DS 2010 version because it had a story mode and the mini-games were really fun on there. Second place goes to the original Wii version because it has some really fun mini-games as well, but lacks the story mode and it's still really good, it just lacks that amazing story mode and also the amazing original music that the DS version had. The 2014 version is probably the worst of the three, but that's not a that's not saying it's bad. It's still really good, but it's just it's just pretty much shadowed over, like covered over, whatever, by the other two games in the series. So check it out if you have a Wii U and you know you're curious. But I guess if if you're maybe a bit tight on cash and you don't want to pay the price for the 2014 version, or perhaps you just want to see what came before, check out the original two. The 2016 Rio Olympic Games. Uh, this one's actually really good because it gets rid of all the annoying waggling stuff that the, ori the original two Olympics Marin Sonic games had. So I actually would re normally recommend this one, especially considering as Rapid Run's been going on about in the chat room, how great the music is. Like the soundtrack is seriously great. They hired like um, real like Brazilian artists to make the soundtrack to that rather than just like creating it all digitally. And it, it shows there's so much passion, so much awesomeness put into that soundtrack which is why I'd recommend you listen to the soundtrack but also the game itself is really good so I'd recommend you play the game. Pio Pio Tetris, this was only released for the Wii U in Japan. It was released stateside or west side on the PS4, the Switch and as of this week or as of this week it was announced to come to the PC and will be released at the end of February. Hopefully I'll pick it up at some point on the PC, but yes, it's a very fantastic game. I'd highly recommend you check out Bio Tetris. Pay full price for it because it's an awesome game, and Sonic Team deserve all your money for it. Yeah, that's right, um, a lot of salty Sonic fans seem to forget that Sonic Team can make good games, because uh, Sonic Forces is in the good game. No, it wasn't okay. It, it, it wasn't amazing, it was mediocre, but you know. Sonic Team can make good games in recent years, they haven't completely fallen off the map because they made Pure Pure Tetris, which is an absolutely fantastic game. Pick it up anywhere you can, buy as many copies as you can. Speaking of games that were only released in Japan for the Wii U, there is Ryoga Gotoku 1 and 2 HD edition for the Wii U. In case you couldn't read the Japanese, it's fairly obvious if you're a Sega fan that that is Yakuza 1 and 2 HD edition. And, um... They're not remakes like Kiwami, or the Kiwami games are. They're remake, or more so HD ports. They're ports to the Wii U, basically, of, in HD as well. I hear pretty good things about them, and I would have actually checked them out last night, but the game is like 18 gigabytes in size. It's massive, which is why I didn't check it out. But, um, yeah, I hear these are pretty good ports, but now obviously Kiwami and Kiwami 2 are out. Check out those versions over this one, probably. Shining Force Resurrection of the Dark Dragon. Um... I don't know about any of the Shining games, so perhaps one of you guys in the chat room who's a bit more knowledgeable could give me some of your insider info on whether these games are good or not. Um, I'll leave you guys to that, and I will move on to Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Fantastic game, absolutely love love it to pieces. It's that good. I'd highly recommend you check it out. Um, it's on all platforms, actually. It's on Xbox 360, PS3, Wii U, Vita, PC... Um, mobile, technically, 3DS. It's on, a, it's on a lot of different platforms, which is why you should get it on anyone you can, although probably PC, because more, more people play online on PC still. Sonic Advance 1, 2, and 3, all released for the Virtual Console service in Japan. 
they they're all very good games. I think Advance One is the best, followed by Advance Two and then Advance Three. Ironically, in um, release order, actually, I find them. I find I find they went down in quality, but still weren't bad with every game released. Um, obviously, you're not going to be able to get your hands on this unless you have a Japanese Wii U for some reason. Yes, I recommend you check these games out. Perhaps on an actual GBA or on an emulator or anything. That'd be that'd be pretty cool, I guess. And also, we we got quite a few people now in the chat. We've got a uh, DJ Jam and J, aka Saganut, and he says, "Well, Green Vaporate, I made it, despite your directions." And it's it's obviously a steamed ham stroke. It could only be a Simpsons meme here on my show. Um, we've also got the fact. Oh, we got a few more things here. We've also got II has just joined the chat room right now, and um. Doom Girl says Sonic All Stars Racing. To, uh, pref she prefers Sonic All Stars Racing to Mario Kart. I definitely agree with that one. Um, I prefer the original All Stars Racing actually, but Transformed is still an absolutely fantastic game and still better than any Mario Kart game in my opinion. Which why we need to get back to playing it online. So uh, with that in mind, oh, uh, that com that confused me. Rexy threw me off there. I apologise, Rexy. <laughs> um, with that in mind, we've also got. Sonic Boom, Rise of Lyric, absolutely dreadful game, although if you're a Sonic fan you should probably pick it up because you, you deserve to experience this. I say deserve, you don't, you haven't really done anything wrong or painworthy enough to deserve this, but if you're a Sonic fan you should still experience where the entire thing came crashing down, like, like a pile of bricks basically. Um, honestly it's not the best game, but like as I said it's worth a look at if you're a Sonic fan because you need to look at the good as well as the bad. And this case is definitely the bad. Sonic Lost World, um, complete opposite for me, but a lot of people would say it's bad. No, I absolutely love, 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 love Sonic Lost World. Such a good game in my opinion. I was gushing about this game on stream yesterday and saying how I think it's really underrated actually, because I love the, park the parkour mechanic. It's a bit rusty, but um, with another game they could have fixed it. I love sort of the like level aesthetics, I love the music. I love the fact that it's pretty much just a classic game in 3D, and uh, Jamie said he really liked that aspect of it as well when we were when we were streaming last night. And that's just the thing I love about it. It's just got so much like charm, aesthetic. Ignore like the stuff like the Deadly Six. I, I don't particularly like them, but I like the game itself, and that, that's what counts, right? I, I also didn't mind the tubular design, but everything about that game I just really like. I guess the only thing which I have I have issues with. It's the difficulty spike at the end, but aside from that, I think it's a really great game. I highly recommend you check it out on either PC or Wii U, whichever one you have. Both versions are pretty much identical. And the cave, I don't sadly know too much about the cave, but um I hear it's I hear it's okay actually. And uh, Race says isn't the PC version easier to get Alex Kid as well? I recall myself I, I I call myself guilty on using him a lot when I got started with ASRT. Actually uh, I I think you probably could, but then again, but actually no, because how you got Alex Kidd was on Christmas Day 2013, he would randomly unlock. And I guess if you considered switching your date on PC easier, but even then it's like, still, it unlocks automatically after that date. I, 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 I don't know, brain is frazzled right now because there's a, there's a gif of a cute hedgehog running around um, in a sonic environment. <laughs> yeah, my brain has gone to mush now. And we got a lot of stuff as well. We got actually Brass Saturdays who just joined the chat room. 
as well. But there's quite a lot of people joining because we've also got Rexy, I, I, all the all these people right now. Thank you so much to everyone tuning in. And uh, DJ Jamin J says that Lost World is his third favorite 3D Sonic game, second being SA2, and first being Colors. I wouldn't say it's in my top five Sonic games or even my top five 3D games, but I just really like it. Actually, it is absolutely one of my favorites. Yes, with that in mind, that is the end of the segment, and I think we're going to move on so we have plenty of time for the call-in, because I have one person in mind who we should get on the call-in. So we're going to kick off the next block with a track from Puyo, Puyo Tetris. This is Face Off in Puyo Puyo World, Magical Confrontation, right here on the Topical Resort.
Topical Thesis. And welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was from Yakuza 2, aka Ryo Gakotoku 2. And that was as a man, as a brother. Before that, from Puyo Puyo Tetris, that was Face Off in Puyo Puyo World, Magical Confrontation. And now, as you just heard there, it is time for the Topical Thesis. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's where I take an opinion that I've come up with myself or I've heard from around the Sega community and I give my spin on it. I give you my three points for, my three points against, and then I come to a justified conclusion based on whether I agree or disagree with the statement. And today's Topical Thesis is... Is the Wii U gamepad a good or bad controller. So without further ado, let's get into those points. <clears throat> My first point for the Wii U being a good controller is that the touchscreen and other unique features can really add to some of the games that are played. In my opinion, a good example of this is Wonderful 101. The way the touchscreen is used in that game is really intuitive and quite honestly adds to the game in a way which, playing with a normal controller, you couldn't experience the same thing. I think it's really sort of useful and benefits some games, but some more than others, should I say. Although it looks bulky, the size of the tablet is actually perfect for the majority of players. It was designed just comfortably enough to where <clears throat> even children um, will find it comfortable, even adults will find it comfortable. I don't even have like massive hands or anything and it's comfortable for me. I'm holding it right now. Ooh, nice. Um, yeah, but I think it's sort of perfect in design because obviously you've got to have a big touch screen, but yet it still feels comfortable. It's very nicely designed. And it allowed for experiences in games not capable on other platforms at the time. You know, something that's very touchscreen heavy obviously couldn't be done on PS3 because PS3 didn't have a touchscreen, obviously. However, if there's a point for, there's obviously got to be a point against, and that point, one of those points against is, some would argue that a traditional controller may have benefited the console more. Obviously, you wouldn't have had the touchscreen controls, but, you know, a traditional controller such as the Wii U Pro controller Perhaps may have been a better idea, less, you know, less, um... Actually, I can't really say too much here because it will, it will give away my next two points, but maybe a traditional controller would have benefited the console much more. Because one of those reasons is actually that the some of the uses of the tablet could be considered very gimmicky, and therefore a, a traditional controller would have been better. It's, I say gimmicky because there were some games that were designed just specifically to use the touchscreen or they, you know, didn't really have any purpose outside of using the touchscreen or like gyroscope or any of that sort of stuff. They were basically just made just so they could take advantage of the controller, which is an issue because that doesn't always lead to fun games. It just leads to the games which know how to use every nook and cranny of the controller very well. And the big point right here. The gamepad confused a lot of consumers as they believed it was an add-on for the Wii, and it therefore damaged the reputation of the console. Fairly self-explanatory, dumb consumers, despite the fact they were told it was a separate console, thought it was an add-on for the Wii, so they didn't know what to do, and they didn't buy it because they were like, oh, I don't need this tablet thing for my Wii, so I'm just not going to buy this. These new games, oh, they must work on the Wii, right? No. So it just did a lot more harm, maybe, than it did good, considering how much confusion it caused. So, what's my conclusion here? Although the damage it did to the Wii U really did affect the console majorly, that doesn't have an effect on whether it's a good or bad controller, or at least not to me personally. I believe that the good games on the Wii U are enhanced by the features available on the tablet, and when using it as a traditional controller, it is in my own experience very nice, and honestly one of my favourite controllers. So yes, even though the Wii U gamepad may not be perfect, I personally believe it's a good controller. 
What's your opinion on that opinion? You have many different places where you can get in your opinion. You can get it in through Twitter, at Radio Sega, at Topical Resort, at The Green Vaporate. You can send it in through Discord, radiosc.gf4.discord. Send it through Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Radio Sega. You can send it in through a email, topicalresort.gmail.com, or you can send it in through a Radio Sega private message. I'm Green Vaporate, or over on the forums. I almost did it. <laughs> All those places let you communicate with me and be able to go for right there. That in mind, let's see what you guys have been saying over on the Discord. Um, that's Rexy, that's not, it's not Discord, um, yeah, I agree with Jamie, no more Uganda Knuckles, please, no more Uganda Knuckles. Uh, Duran says, if we're talking about the Wii U, I don't like the controller, it's heavy and hurt my wrist to hold up, so there we go, there's one against the Wii U gamepad. And, uh, stop saying opinion, Jamie, that's the whole point, I don't know if you've realised this yet, I don't know if you've realised, but that's the outro that I do every time. It says, opinion, opinion, opinion. That's the whole point, Jamie. <laughs> I, I get the feeling you missed the point there. Ah, uh, whatever. Anyway. Yes, uh, let's check. Let's check what has to be said here. Uh, okay, that was random. Um, Duran says, switch controls. Oh, I love swinging the separate sticks around like a loony. Yeah, absolutely love swinging around the Joy-Con separately. It's so much fun. I personally more so tend to lean towards using the Pro Controller, but the Joy-Cons are so much fun to use the Touch, I cannot deny it. But yeah, with that in mind, I think we're going to move on right now. And we've got an absolute... Well, we, in fact, we've got two absolute tunes coming up next. So we're going to kick this block off by a track from Marin Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. This is Boxing, right here on Radio Sega.
on Radio Sega. an episode and want to catch up want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show download our podcast from the radio sega media section subscribe to us on itunes or stream the show through stitcher discord cooling And welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was from Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. That was Seasonal Shrines, which was a remix of. Itterton and Jap. I. roll over stuff. Japonesque from Shinobi 3. Right there, two awesome tracks. And before that was a track from Marin Sonic at the Rio. Olympic 2016 Olympic Games. They like to change around the letters, title, whatever. Uh, brains mush at this point. That was boxing, an awesome jazzy track right there. And I'm gonna go ahead and get the Discord ready because I actually forgot to change over my cables, so you probably won't be able to hear you. 
Unless you came on, but um, let me just... Uh, oh, it's not detecting my mic, that's a good start. It's always great. Um, I'm not detecting any audio from your mic. Yeah, you are, that's a lie. Uh, come on. Please. Please. Okay, that's better. Thank you. So, uh, let's, let's just message this person. And then once once I know they're ready, we'll finally be able to move on right there. So I guess one thing I actually got to talk about, which I'll talk about quickly while I wait for this person, is um the Sonic Marathon 6 is announced to be starting tomorrow. For those of you who don't know what it is, uh, the Sonic Marathon is a like long-running series of marathons that have been going from a respawn point. Uh, very lovely guys over there. They've been going since like 2010, and we've been promoting them pretty much since 2010. Like if you go back and listen to Sega Ages. Uh, there's a promotion for the very first marathon going on there, but yeah, um, wrapping around here there is a bit of delay. But yes, Sonic Marathon 6 starts tomorrow raising money for uh, special effect, obviously a great charity, we've supported them in the past, in fact the very recent past. But yeah, go and give some money and go and watch some great Sonic games for a week straight, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, awesomeness. Also great, especially if you're like me and uh, you've got nothing to do for a week because uh, school's broken up. That's good. That's good in that case, because you've, you've pretty much got nothing to do, so you may as well sit around, laze around, and watch some great Sonic content for a good cause. But with that in mind, let's get in Rapid Run. Hello Rapid Run, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Pretty good, and you? I am doing excellent myself, thank you. What would you like to talk about today? Alright, um, real quick, let me just mute the stream. Okay, so, basically, I wanted to, uh, be... What's the word? I wanted to um, denounce some myths and uh, and just general like bad vibes around mobile games. Sure, I guess. Okay. Okay. So okay, so we talked about this earlier today in in, in the show, and um, to be honest, okay. So I posted I posted in in the Discord why people think. Sega keeps releasing mobile games on on phones and stuff and tablets. If people supposedly don't like it, and there's a general consensus of people not liking it, and it's, it just comes down to one simple thing: it's just the fact that the matter is it's doing well. I don't have any statistics on to be honest because I haven't really delved into it that much, but. It just makes sense. Like, if a company isn't is releasing stuff constantly and it's not doing well, why would they keep releasing it? It's just illogical. Yeah, so like, they, they do very well. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, no, it's, it's fine. So, like, okay, here's 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 a few examples of games that actually have done substantially well and have a few you know bad things about them. Um, okay, so we, we, to be honest, we, we just listened to a great game. Um, the, in the last track, last track, song Lost Race and Transformed. That got, that got placed on the iOS and Android App Store. Uh, App Store and Google Play. Um, originally it was a paid game, but then they, then they released it to, um, to make it free to play. People who adopted it early bought the game. Who bought the game? That was me. They, 
Yeah, yeah, that was me too. Um, they got a, like a sort of VIP status, which that's a bad thing if you didn't pay for it, because then you would, if you wanted um, unlimited plays, you got to pay for it for the VIP status. Yeah, that that was a bad choice in the second part. That was uh, kind of greedy. But the base game itself, it was solid. Like the graphics were clean. It had all the music from the original game. Um, the characters, not all of them were there, but it had in it had the the the, the standard characters that you wouldn't, you know, most likely want to play. Uh, okay, so that there's that one. Another game, which is a pre the 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 original Sonic and All Stars Racing. That one it was even better because you didn't have to pay anything except for the for the game itself. That's always nice in a mobile game. Yeah, it is. And um it didn't really have the best controls in my opinion if you wanted uh like a, a virtual joypad. I I, but, don't know, I found it alright, personally. Yeah. I don't know, I guess I was just playing it on an iPod fourth gen and it just didn't really sit well with me. But from what I heard, the motion controls, the the, the gyroscope controls, they, they were solid. Actually, I think I played with the gyroscope as well, and I remember that being really good. Yeah. But that, yeah, yeah I, I like that port quite a lot, actually. I, mm-hmm. I played that because I, I didn't have... I wanted to get the DS version so I could play it on the go, but I never did end up getting it, so I got that one instead on, on my second-gen iPod, and I really enjoyed playing that, actually. Right, right. And, and, to, and what's surprising is it's off the app, Apple App Store, but it's still on Google Play. Huh. And I and I just recently got BlueStacks 3, the latest version, you know, the Android emulator for PC. It actually works better than the last two versions because it's not pay to win. Exactly, and because of that, well, well, one of the reasons because of that, um, you can bind the keyboard controls to motion controls, you know, the gyroscope, which mm. is is it's a oh my gosh, you have no idea how great that is. I'm able to play Song and Ashes Racing on there. Flawlessly, it is. It's so much fun. I, I'm reliving my. I'm reliving my past right now, and it's great. Um. So those are two examples of games, in my opinion, that I have done well, and unfortunately, to other people's opinion, haven't. But what? Well, okay. What? What are other good examples? Um. We we discussed in the Discord, the uh, virtual tennis. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I've been that I wish people would um would notice and actually try to experience themselves if they can afford it. If you can, if you can somehow afford a controller, which for Android they are cheap, for iOS not so much. Even for Android, it's also great because uh, <coughs> if you have a rooted Android, um, you can use just like <laughs> PS3 controllers or any exactly. sort of Bluetooth controllers. Exactly, yeah, you can just you can do the same thing with a jailbroken iOS device. Yeah, that's you a, less yeah. easy to jailbreak iOS and also yeah, more risky. That's true. that's true. But um, what's great about iOS nowadays is that you can buy controllers that are made for iOS. Which is that's, that's what it's actually called MFI MFI iOS controllers. Yeah, I, I remember them MFI controllers. Um, mm-hmm. They they actually I think the the trans I think transformed was actually like one of the like first few games to support it. Like, is it yeah, one of exactly. the first incredibly small batches to support it? Actually, mm-hmm. 
And to be honest, that that game didn't control well with controller. I tried it, and, it, and the controls were oh. like really wonky. Like the, the like, I think I think um the accelerate button was wasn't if you had a full blown controller like with all the buttons and triggers, it will be mapped to um the LB like the the left bump. I mean RB the right bumper, and the and the, and the accelerates are I mean the brakes are the left bumper. Which, to be honest, who pays a, a racing game like that? But um, that's besides the point. <laughs> Nintendo fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what I was gonna say was, if you okay, someone was complaining that Virtual Tennis controlled poorly or something along those lines, or that, that it was a bad port. Um, yeah, I I I can agree with that, but only for the controls. The graphics are fine. The music is fine as well. The presentation is well. It, it's um, it's decent, but the controls are well messed it up. Now, if you add on control to it, 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 it would it would just it would be fine. Like you you could um, I'm not sure if it does this, but if I believe if you add a controller to it, if you connect one, the the touchscreen controls like disappear and you can just watch it in full screen. Yeah, full screen. Yeah. Oh, oh. Also, we got Electric Piglu in the chat room. Hello, Electric Piglu. And he also says he already got his full of virtual tennis and links and images. Oh virtual my tennis gosh. Free for PSP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Virtual tennis is a is a very good franchise. Um, I'm su- I'm surprised they haven't continued with it. As far as I as far as I remember. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what point were you on again? Sorry. I'm sorry. What point were you on again? What point was I making? Yeah, but you, you, I think you just about finished with Virtual Tennis, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm just, I'm just um throwing out like different reasons why mobile games aren't that bad on, you know, on mobile. Yeah. Um, in fact, in fact, mobile games, <laughs> to be honest, mobile games have done so well that they've gotten ports to consoles and PC. For example, it's not a Sega game, but um, there's a game called The Room, which is like a point-and-click uh, puzzle Uh-oh. game. What? <laughs> like a game called The Room automatically sets up flags. Why? Because the film. The film? I- I'm not familiar. The Room film, the one that's become a meme. You know, uh, let's post a gif of it in the chat. Okay. Uh, here we go. It's a good gif. Yes. Uh, anyway, your point. The gift. Uh, the gift. The, 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 the room. <laughs> yeah, uh, the room is a point-and-click um, puzzle game where you're. To be honest, I haven't played it, but from what I gather, it's a it's a game where you you have like you're stuck in a room and you have to solve different puzzles to get out of it or something like that. I'm not sure, but the point is that game is graphically beautiful and the presentation is just very atmospheric and dark. That's on PC now. Huh. Yeah. And and it's always a sequel. And I believe they re- they just released a new one on iOS, which is most likely gonna be ported to PC. I think I think you do make some very good points because I, I think especially um, mobile games aren't really treated seriously. While there are some like absolutely dreadful like Unity yeah, mobile no. games. Yeah. That 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 I'll give you that. Like most of the games that I find. On mobile are pretty much crap. 
but that's why you have to look for them. If you if you want a good, good experience, you have to go out of your way and look for them. And that sounds like a bad thing, but if you go, if you if you you don't have to look that hard. If you just go in the, in the games category, you look up your favorite genre. Right on the front page is gonna be some really quality AAA titles. Yeah, like I think um, once again, like the general gaming split right now. I think the best mobile developers are actually Sega and Nintendo, which people seem yeah. surprised when they learn that Nintendo <laughs> make games for mobile, but it's not exactly a secret. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they just make some really sort of like AAA games, and I think Sega especially, like even if you didn't like like the pay-to-win aspects of Sonic Runners, I feel like that was a very solid mobile game, and obviously a lot of the other ones are also quite mm-hmm. solid, the earlier ones, but their newer ones as well seem really polished. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I I keep saying to be honest for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I don't know right. why. Um, I sent Sega's Motivation an email a few weeks ago regarding their their Sega Forever lineup, and I suggested that they bring back some old some old games that were on iOS that and Android that that just just disappeared because of incompatibility with the OS with the operating system. Um. So, so here, here's some examples that I would love to see to come back. Um, I don't know if you already know this, but there were a few Super Monkey Ball titles on on iOS. Oh, I did, I did. There was um Super Monkey Ball, which wasn't actually the original game, if I recall correctly. It was based on one of the it, later ones, and then there was Super Monkey Ball Two Sakura Edition. Yeah, Sakura Edition. That's a, that's one I was gonna mention. Yeah, that I never got to buy or play because I just didn't have money. I was young. Um, but that one was one that I always wanted to play. Um, there are a few Genesis titles. They, they, they have a whole lineup of Genesis titles actually on uh, Mega Drive games that that were pretty dang good. It's just that the emulation was poor. Yeah. Oh. Um, I remember going onto his website, actually, the guy who made those original Mega Drive ports. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did not have a good portfolio, I don't know why you'd hire him. Really? He, he made stuff like um, South Park Chef Love Shack on the Dreamcast, which was a notoriously what? like quite poor game. Oh, man. So it's just like, that original guy who made like the 2010 iOS ports of a lot of Sega games, or uh, the iOS like Genesis ports of Sega games wasn't exactly the best. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just I feel nostalgic when I think of the the Genesis ports because I had yeah. um I had uh Sonic One Two. I think I might have had a CD. I'm not sure if I bought it. No, no, I I, I did get it um before the the re-release. I had Sonic Spinball. I had Space Harrier. I think that was about it. But oh. now every all those games besides. Spinball are on um, Sega Forever, and they're pretty decent ports. Yeah, like, like yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna say. Um, yeah. I I remember those like uh, iOS 2010 ports so vividly. Like, mm-hmm. got, got my iPod Touch. I, I remember this. This is a really good memory for me. I I got mm-hmm. my iPod Touch. Uh, like, literally one of the first games I bought immediately was Sonic One. Then I remember yeah. the exact day the Sonic 2 port came out. I literally rushed, bought it immediately, and I, <laughs> I played the heck out of that. Mm-hmm. Like, so uh, even though they weren't the best ports, just so many good memories with 
Yeah, like iOS Sega game or early iOS Sega games. Later ones, I wasn't mm-hmm. really a fan of. That's when I yeah. s- around the time I switched to Android. Yeah, uh, one of my one of my favorite memories of uh, of uh, uh, Genesis titles on iOS is um, when I first got Sonic CD. I had I never experienced no, that's a lie. I experienced it on on Gen- uh, on um, GameCube. Just collection, but the oh. first time I actually, the first time I actually played it, which is in in a decent quality, was then, uh, with, with the with the iPod. This quality being meaning um graphical fidelity, uh, and I first tried out the, the I looked up cheat codes for Sonic CD, <laughs> and I found out that you can there, there's an Easter egg when you wait. I think it's a minute or three minutes. I forget what which one. Yeah, three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah, and then Sonic Sonic actually says something. It says, "I'm out of here." Off the screen. Yeah, I'm out of here. And that blew my mind, man. I was with my friend that that one time when it happened, and oh my gosh, we freaked the frick out. That was amazing. Also, a fun fact that I'm out of here thinks actually in early versions of Mania, but they cut it from the final game. Alright. Are you being serious? Yeah, um, like in the demo versions, which were at like Summer of Sonic 2016, uh, if you waited around three minutes, it would do, I'm out of here, but they removed it later on for some reason. Oh, really? That's not fair. You can, you can like, re-enable it on the PC version, but it's a bit glitchy, but it's you can tell Escalade what it is. Oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, it's such a shame they removed that, because that's such, like, a yeah. cool Easter egg. Yeah, that's cool. All but, right, um... I don't know, do you want me to say anything else? I was going to say, I guess briefly, uh, I want to talk about Sonic CD, because that's a good memory as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have, I also have quite vivid memories of playing the iOS port of CD. This was back when I actually had an iPhone, because I, I, I did mm-hmm. actually own an iPhone at one point, despite how hard I bashed them. Um, I got yeah. the like iOS port of Sonic CD, and I remember there was like, one day where, like, I don't think we had a long car journey, we just went to a lot of stops. And I beat like the whole of Sonic CD on my phone, and oh, wow. massively good memories with that. And then I got home and immediately did a Tails run again. And that's like one of those days where like the game itself is really good. That's one of the days where the game itself was really good. And on top of that, you were doing something that's just like a really good memory and was a really good day. Mhm. Yeah, definitely. That that, that that's kind of like the the time that um Sonic after the sequel finally came out. I played that game the whole day, beat it from 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 like noon to midnight. <laughs> I spent the whole day playing that. Oh my gosh, it was such a good game. Day. Yeah, I'm never gonna forget that, man. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, rapid run. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. That was actually absolutely a great chat. You're gonna have to come on to the show some more. Any sort of final of things you'd like to say before I drag back to the chill out? Yeah. Um. Just. I I, I want people to just um. If you don't bash something just because everybody else does it, if if you can keep an open mind out, I mean, out, um, keep out and keep an open mind and try new things because you never know what you. It might not be the right way to experience it originally, a game that is to say, but there's always a workaround, almost always a workaround to make the experience a little better. Just like just like uh, the better SADX and the Dreamcast mod for for Sonic Adventure DX on PC. Yeah, there's always a, there's always a way to make things better. Yeah, you know, don't bash something until you tried it because 
someone else may love it and may have like you know improved it perhaps or controlled the sport or just something hidden in the game might make it better but yeah exactly yeah yeah okay well thanks for having me on viper no problem thank you so much for coming on the show and i hope to see you again soon bye rapid bye and that was the rapid run and this been this called calling and now it is time for the toppy mix and for those of you who don't know what the toppy mix is it's where I take a Sega track not related to the to- topic of the episode, a remix related to the topic of the episode, and a non-Sega track not related to the topic of the episode. And we're going to kick things off with a track which technically is a remix, but it's not related, so I counted it as a Sega track. So I'm going to kick this off with a track from Radio Sega, 10 Years of Sega Rears. That's the first album, not the most recent album we did. This is a Generation Divided by Audio Sprite. So you're about to listen to the Toppy Mix, and when, when we come back, we'll be ending off the show and telling you what is to come next week. But for now... Enjoy the music. Let's get scratching. The Toppy Mix.
This one's a bit weird, but it's still a tune. Turn it off anyway, as I always say with the non-Sega track. Let's go. 
For one last time, welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was from Buck Bumble, an uh, incredibly weird N64 game developed by Argonaut Software, known for the Star Fox series. And uh, it's got an incredibly weird soundtrack. It's basically all like 90s British house stuff, which uh, I actually quite personally like. I've been listening to that soundtrack quite a bit this week. Uh, that was the title theme, which is the most infamous song in the soundtrack due to just how absolutely bizarre it is, but yet, quite frankly, how catchy it is as well. Uh, that, that's probably like the best track in the game, in my opinion. Before that was a track which wasn't entirely related to the, to the topic, but I wanted it in any way because it's a nice track. From Tonal Bliss, that was Choo Choo, which is a remix of the Choo Choo Rocket commercial theme. Uh, I say it's not entirely related to the topic because it was a remix of the Dreamcast commercial theme, not a GBA commercial theme. But I let it in because it's such a quirky, cool little track and fit in nicely with the quirky, cool little track that was coming after it that I thought it had to go in there. And kicking off the block was a track from Radio Sega, 10 Years for Sega Rears, a track by Audio Sprite. That was a Generation Divided, a remix of the main theme of Fantasy Star 3, obviously. As you know, at this point, there's only one thing left to do in the show, and that is to reveal what comes next. And, um, you may have noticed, there was two games sitting at the top of my request resort list, and uh, they didn't really get played at all. Um, those two obviously being Bayonetta 1 and 2. So I wonder, what could possibly be coming next week? Hmm... Yeah, of course, it's a Bayonetta special. I know we've already done it, but however, I technically haven't done it because it was done by Dr. Skotnik. Almost a year ago now, which is worrying. It, it was like it was like 11 months ago now, which is quite, frankly, shocking that uh, a year has somehow passed already. But yeah, that was quite a fun episode, but now it's my time to take on Bayonetta and uh, look over the games and also have some fun, because after all, Bayonetta 2 does in fact release on Switch next week, so what a perfect way to sort of celebrate the release with an episode based entirely around the character. But uh, that, that's next week. As for now, I've been Green Viper 8. You guys have been Electric Boogaloo, Mirko, you have been DJ Gemin J, you have been uh, Shaddix, you have been... Who else you've been... You have been Rapid Run, you have been Jamie, you have been IO1980, you have been John the VG Nerd, you have been Rexy, you have been Doan2300, you have been Doom Girl. you have been all these lovely people, you have been Sarah Rose, you have been Brass Saturday. Thank you so much to everyone who popped into the chat, and if I missed out your name, then uh, I apologise, but you know, send me a message saying that I missed out your name, <laughs> and then I'll get right to your message. But yes, with that in mind... I've been Green Viper 8. You all have been awesome. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys next week. That's for now. I'm going to end you off with another track from Marion Sonic at the Sochi 2014 Olympic Winter Games. This is an absolutely banging tune right here. I love this one. It's a remix of another track, which I already like. So, from that game, this is Dream Event. 
Hole in One Curling 2, Splash Hill Zone from Sonic 4 Episode 1. I've been Green Vaporate. Thank you so much for listening to another week of the fantastic Topical Rizzle. I will catch you all next week. But as always, stay topical. Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.